Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. I am so excited for you guys to hear this conversation with Meva, who is the founder of Bread, this incredible hair care line. She's a young woman. I am going to be completely honest with you guys. I did not know about Black Australians. I think this is the first (laughs) Black Australian I've spoken to, which is an interesting perspective in and of itself. But this is also a very amazing episode for me as a podcaster because she listened to Naked Beauty and she listened to an early episode I had with Giara about how she was starting her own line. They connected. She was inspired. Anyway, she tells the whole story on the podcast, but it's just this reminder that what I do here on this platform with Naked Beauty is making real world impact and that the stories that I share and the conversations that I have with women on this show inspire you, help you activate or spark some sort of creativity or inspiration in people who listen. So that means the world to me. I am still in Turkey. This has been the vacation of a lifetime, but sadly it's coming to an end. I'll be back in New York this week. Also back connected to my audio equipment. So my intros won't sound like they sound now, but it's the passion and the meaning of what I'm saying that's important. So I know you guys understand. I know you guys always have my back. Thank you guys so much for listening and get into this episode. It's a great conversation. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, so I'm joined by Meva Heim of Bread the amazing hair company. Thank you so much for being on Naked Beauty. Thank you so much for having me, Brooke. I'm exceptionally excited to be here because I love the podcast. So this is amazing. Thank you so much. I feel like I've been doing this podcast for so long and I really kind of pride myself on talking to women that are having an influence on culture or doing something interesting in beauty. So I feel like you're doing something really amazing and I'm just like excited to be talking to you. Oh, thank you. Well, likewise. (laughs) Yes. Did you know the podcast beforehand? Yes. And interestingly enough, I have, so my friend Jada, who is also a friend of yours and has been on the podcast a couple of times, we have such an amazing friendship and I consider her to be like my sister, like living on the other side of the world. And we met because of your podcast. 
Wait, how so? Yeah, I think it was probably the first time that you interviewed her. Okay, when she was still at Glossier, way before Ami Collet. She was. She was still at Glossier at the time. And um, that was the first episode of Naked Beauty that I listened to. I found it somehow probably through Instagram. And I was like, oh, this looks great. And then that was the episode that was coming up. And I listened to that podcast episode and I literally just like stopped dead in my tracks when she was telling her story because I was like, this is my story. Like, What is happening? Yeah. She was talking about her mom having a braiding salon. A hair shop. Yes. Which your mom had. Which my mom had as well. Her mom's was called Aminata or still is. And my mom's was called Ashanti. I was like, what is happening? And then she went on to work at L'Oreal in marketing. I also worked at L'Oreal here in Australia in marketing and then left L'Oreal to work at a startup. So did Jada. And I was like, what, how is this possible? It's just like two parallel paths and the same person. And I DM'd her immediately and was like, wait, this is my life. <laughs> I'm, I'm the Australian version of <laughs> yeah. That and is amazing. We ended up meeting in person um, not long after. So she, we were in this DM conversation and then I went to Cosmoprof, which is like a big beauty industry conference in Las Vegas. And she was, she ended up coming last minute and then we hung out, you know, the whole time at Cosmoprof and became really good friends. And yeah, all thanks to that podcast episode. So oh my huge God. fan of the podcast. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I just love to see like young women of color launching their own lines. This is like such a moment to be the founder of a beauty brand, a black woman who's the founder of a beauty brand. Tell me a little bit about when Bread officially launched and what it's been like for you kind of spearheading this whole thing so far. So it officially launched in July of last year. So in July of 2020, but it's been brewing away for years and years. I mean, in the same way that Jana's was and uh, we launched with Sephora in the US. So we went online in July and then we went into stores in August. And it was obviously mid-pandemic. <laughs> so and how do you lot... describe bread? Like what's like the elevator pitch of like what bread is? Yeah, bread is here for the essentials. So we're all about simplifying your textured hair routine and creating the basics of your hair care wardrobe that you want to have in your hair repertoire. And that's why we have the name bread. It's all about basics and essentials, kind of like you have essentials in your pantry. Bread are the essentials that you have in your hair care lineup. Love it. Love it. And how many like products are there within bread so far? I'm sure you're going to expand, but what do you have so far? Yeah, I actually start to lose count because I'm like, what counts as a skew? But <laughs> we launched with um, five products and we started with wash day. So we have kit one wash, which is three simple products to use for wash day. And that's our hair wash, our hair mask and our hair oil, plus the bonus bread puff, which is our scrunchie. Um, so those are our core products. And then we launched in March of this year, our macadamia oil, which is a single ingredient oil, cold pressed, farmed in Australia. It's the only place in the world you can actually find native macadamia trees. You can source it from other countries, but Australia is, is the only one that has native trees. And so it's a super high grade, pure macadamia oil, which is really hard to find on the market. So yeah, that's our full lineup for now. <laughs> oh my God. Well, okay. We're, we're going to come back to that macadamia oil because I have additional questions, but July, 2020. So I'm thinking of the US specifically, there was this whole racial reckoning in the US this spring slash summer. And I think a lot of people, especially, 
actually, I don't even just want to say black women. I think a lot of women thought, how can I support founders of color? Um, there's been lots of conversations about decolonizing your beauty routine, really looking at everything you're using and thinking, were these products that were created made with me in mind for black women, right? So you launched in the midst of all of this. Do you feel like being a black woman, I know you're biracial, right? You're half French and half West African. Yeah, my mom's from West Africa and my dad's from France. Okay. So you're 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 a you're a biracial woman. Like how did it feel to launch in the midst of all of that? Do you feel like you got additional attention or do you feel like there was more sensitivity to what you were doing? It's really hard to say because everything that I worked on with bread and everything in the lead up to bread was always about that moment of okay, this is a brand that is coming into the market and wants to exist in this space because it hasn't existed before and brands aren't speaking to black women and to women of color and they're not providing great product or great brand experience. And so it's it's so difficult for me to say like whether things would have been happening the same way or not. Like that was always our launch date. That was always our launch time. It just so happened to coincide with this huge moment of reckoning and so I really can't say definitively, but I mean, I assume so. And I think that a lot of, we ended up getting kind of swept up in that moment of, okay, there's this brand now and it's led by, you know, a biracial black woman and it's, you know, in a space that has been really underserved and all of those things. I think it all tied in. I'd like to think we still would have got the same kind of recognition and the same kind of buzz and, and people really talking about the brand in the way that they did even if that hadn't happened. Yes. I mean, the branding, the marketing, the packaging is on point because we're going to talk about that. Let's just talk about it now. (laughs) I feel like it's very hard to create like a cool girl it brand. Like all the cool young influencer girls that I follow, they've all got bread. They've all got the oil. They all have the scrunchie. They're all, you know, doing their shelfies. And I think that's hard to accomplish, like to immediately get to like the coolest kids at, at the start, right? How did you go about doing that? Did it just happen organically or did you have like a strategy around who are you going to send product to? Yeah. Oh gosh, no, definitely not organically. It was <laughs> a lot of backend stuff. And I think on the branding as well, it's really, really difficult, um, especially when you have a particular idea in your mind about what you want something to look like, but you're not a trained designer. And so you really have to find like people who can express your vision visually. And it can be really hard to communicate that when it's just this thing that exists in your brain. So a lot of the brand direction and really like the vibe of the brand was led by, to your point, these women I was seeing online and the people that I saw as like real like leaders in this space and like your really approachable, but cool girls that like you want to be your best friend and how she was presenting herself to the world. I was like, bread needs to reflect that because that's what we're not seeing on the shelves in this particular category and in hair for black women. We're not seeing that. We're seeing brands that feel like they were created in 1993 and they haven't changed since then. Even if they're newer brands, like there's this kind of like cookie cutter approach to what brands in this space should look like. And we didn't want to be that. We wanted to reflect this woman. So a lot of it was driven by that. And then, you know, having followed all of these girls for years and years in that process, knowing exactly like who we wanted to be in the hands of kind of came pretty organically from that. And yeah, we just, you know, kind of went on a whim and thought, right, well, great. We love the brand. Hopefully they love it too. It's a reflection of them. And yeah, it, it worked out that way. 
Well, we have to talk a little bit about you growing up in West Australia. So you're in Melbourne right now. It's, yep. you're, you're in the future. For me, it's Friday night. You're in Saturday morning. <laughs> I love Australia. I've only been to Sydney, but I had a great experience in Sydney. And like, this may be really off, but I felt like Sydney reminded me of Los Angeles. Like lots of like avocado toast and like beaches and like very toned, gorgeous looking people, cute shops. I got like LA vibes. Tell me a little bit about how beauty culture in Australia is different from beauty culture in the US. Because I'm assuming to develop your product or just in life, you've spent time in the US. So like, what do you see different in terms of the way women present themselves in the States versus Australia? Yeah, I think Australia is a lot more laid back. And to your, your, your spot on, Sydney is like the LA of Australia. Even just the, the feeling, every time I go to Sydney, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm back in LA. It's like the exact same feeling when I land in LA. There's like this weird vibe. Melbourne is more like San Francisco. I don't think we really have a New York in Australia. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, some people say Melbourne's like New York. It's not. It's more like a San Francisco. Um, and I would say that just overall and in general, the beauty atmosphere here and and the kind of culture around beauty is a little more laid back. So the ideal of beauty, and this was the same for when I was growing up and I grew up in a very white neighborhood, very white school. The ideal of beauty is this kind of like beach babe, you know, blonde hair, freckles, white, definitely white. (laughs) Um, And that kind of like laid back, not trying too hard uh, kind of, yeah, beauty look, which obviously I wasn't. And yeah, I think that that still holds true today. You know, we have Sephora's here. We don't have as many. We do have other beauty retailers, but it's definitely, I think in, in the US, it's so much more, I don't know, like voracious is almost the way yes. I describe it versus here where it's like, yeah, just toned down a, a couple notches. <laughs> totally. Well, I have to say you are the first person with an Australian accent that I've spoken to that is also black. This is like rare. Oh, wow for me. So what's, are are there black people in Australia? Like what's, what, like how, what's the population there? Like, what's the experience as as a black person or biracial person in Australia? It's so interesting because I first met Elaine Welteroff here in Australia. So she came to Sydney and I was with her in Sydney and it was interesting the way that she described it, because I think when you grow up, you don't notice it as much. You do notice it when you travel, but it's incredibly segregated. And I think that that's, you know, somewhat by design, somewhat not because our kind of suburbs and our houses is a lot more spread out. Like we do have central business districts like the CBD downtown, but they're not necessarily like these the same as you know, in, in LA where you have like particular neighborhoods and in New York where it's just like everyone everywhere. And so you don't actually see that many black people. And I didn't when I was growing up, especially in a very kind of like suburban place. And so when you do, it's kind of like a real, like, oh, it's almost like a nod of like, oh yes, hello. (laughs) We exist. (laughs) Got it. But yeah, there are definitely black people here. There's a lot of migration and, you know, my mum migrated here in the sort of late 80s <laughs> uh, when there was a lot less Black people, but we're absolutely out here and we exist. And it's just that there's pockets of people versus like everyone kind of melding together in the way that it does more so in a place like New York. Yes. Well, I've heard you talk about the fact that with Bread's marketing, you didn't want to use words like anti-frizz or use anything that was, you know, degrading to textured hair. Can you tell me a little bit more about that decision? 
Yeah. So when I was kind of crafting the brand narrative and what we were going to stand for and what we were talking about and the way we would speak, I noticed that one, obviously branding I could see was like felt really dated, but also the way that hair was spoken about felt really dated too. And not just in textured hair, but in kind of the hair care category in general, and all of the kind of negative connotations around things like frizz and, you know, words like wild and describing things that just sound like the way that textured hair is. <laughs> it just felt like it was unnecessarily targeting textured and curly hair in a way that to me feels really just outdated. And like, we're ready to move on for that. And for me, I love like big puffy frizzy hair. And I think a lot of women with textured hair do as well. And so why do we have to have this terminology that feels like it should be a negative thing? Like we made that up. Who decided that like a hair out of place was a bad thing? Who decided that like big hair was a bad thing and that it has to be like tamed and like straightened and, you know, a particular way. And so for me, yeah, we never use the term anti-frizz. We might describe things in a particular way. Like if obviously for the health of the hair, you want it to be a particular way, but frizz doesn't necessarily mean unhealthy hair. Frizz can get conflated with texture and like volume and things like that. So yeah, we wanted to stay away from that word entirely and hopefully see the industry move towards a place where we're not using words that are just completely feel like they're targeting a particular type of hair. I, I love that. I, I've been wearing my natural hair for the past five months. I literally just took a break and put in crochet braids. But what I talk about all the time and I try to share on social and I even talked about it in my Vogue Beauty article, it's like, I feel like natural hair can be imperfect. And I think for so long I was trying to, and this this goes beyond just, because I think there's interesting, there's like a white beauty standard, right? Of straight hair. But then I think even within textured hair circles, there's like a correct way to have the perfect twist out or the perfect bantu knot out or whatever. And I just, I couldn't achieve it. Like I just, and and it made me feel frustrated and defeated when I would do the YouTube tutorials and my twist out didn't come out like their twist out and I was using the same products and the same steps. But then I just, maybe like about a year or so ago, I just said, it's fine. Like this is my hair. It's healthy. It's beautiful. I'm just going to let it do its thing. And I think once I started doing that, that's when I got the most compliments on my hair. That's when I felt the best about my hair. So there is like this interesting thing where I think all women with textured or curly hair, whether you're white or black or Latinx, like you have this thing where, I don't know, it's like, it takes a while to like grow into or learn to accept and love textured hair because we've been conditioned for so long to not. And it's so there's, yeah, to your point, I felt like I'd gone from one place where you're trying to achieve this white beauty standard of like straightening your hair. And then you go into this other space where you're like, great, I'm going to like embrace my hair naturally. And you feel like you've just been hit with all of these other rules that you have to right. abide by. Right. And, you know, it has to look a certain way and you have to lay your baby hairs and you have to do all of these I things know. for it to be acceptable. I just rubbed um, my, my fuzzy non-laid baby hairs. Yes. I right. <laughs> and that just wasn't what I wanted to do. And I just felt like there should be a space and, and really a brand that is saying, do whatever you want with your hair. Like we really don't care. And we're not a brand that is about saying one thing is bad or one thing is good. If you want to chemically straighten your hair, go for it. Like we're not, we're not here to judge what you want to do and say that only natural hair is good. And only natural hair like this is good. We're like, do whatever you want. We're just here to provide products that can make you feel good about your hair, however you want to do it and whatever you want to do with it. And yeah, I don't think yeah many brands are speaking that way. I don't think so either. And so just to be clear, the products are for anyone with textured hair, right? Yes. 
Correct. And actually what we've found since we've launched is that because we've started with care products and because like our philosophy on kind of curly hair products and ingredients is that the type of ingredients that you take out that are more suitable for curly hair are actually really great for all types of hair. And so we're getting not just women with textured and curly hair coming to us, but women with all types of hair coming to us saying like, can I use this? And like, how do I use this? And ultimately the formula, you know, doesn't necessarily have to change. I think once you start to move into styling, it's a bit different, but just the way that you use it and the technique that you use changes, but the products themselves can be the same. (laughs) So as you were doing research and development for bread, what did you learn about hair that was really interesting to you? I think so many things. And I, aside from like testing out every single product on the market and like working with manufacturers and chemists, I did my own course on like textured and curly hair product development, not so that I could make the products myself, but just so that I could understand the chemistry and understand what chemists can and can't do. So that when you, it's kind of like in tech, when, you know, you want to learn how to code so that you can brief a coder and (laughs) know what's possible. And so I did that. And as part of that education, I mean, there are so many things to learn about here. I think that the most interesting one and one that is, you know, it seems common knowledge now, but some people still don't know is that your hair is dead. And like, once it grows out of your scalp, it's, it's dead. And so brands saying things like this will bring your hair back to life. Unfortunately, not true. It can't be done. (laughs) Can't bring the dead back to life. And so it really kind of changes the way that you think about hair once you know that. And I've been thinking about this in a lot in the sense of like your hair's dead and they're pretty much just like keratin fibers. And it's almost like fabric. Like you're actually dealing with a fabric and you should think about the way that you deal with the ends of your hair. Like you would deal with fabric and how you treat like silk or cashmere and the way that you wash it and the types of ingredients that you use when you wash your hair, rather than thinking about it as like a living thing that you're trying to give nutrients to, to help it like stay alive. Right. No, that's so interesting because I think about for like my clothes that are very precious, I always hang them up and air dry them. Right. I won't throw them in the dryer. And you think about, you know, drying your hair, like you want to ideally air dry it, not just blast it with like a really hot blow dryer to to get it dry. Yeah. Yeah, Which is obviously going to cause damage. And I think ultimately like anything you do to your hair causes damage. And so it's unrealistic to say, or to think like, Oh, you don't want to cause damage to your hair. Don't straighten it. Don't blow dry it. Don't ever use a straightener. Don't ever, you know, bleach it. Don't ever color it. Reality is we want to do those things. We want to experiment with it, with our hair. And so you really, your hair care should be about mitigating that damage versus trying to eliminate it entirely. And then just getting frustrated because you can't do anything with your hair. Yes. Well, let's talk about some of the ingredients that you chose to use and why you selected them. I want to go back to this macadamia oil because I consider myself an oil connoisseur. Like I feel like I have tried every oil on the market, whether it's a body oil or a facial oil. And I'm like, I really feel like I've tried them all, but I've never tried macadamia oil. And maybe it's because it's like native to Melbourne, you said, right? To Australia. Australia. So just... Tell me what macadamia oil does for your hair. Like what are the benefits? Yeah. So I love macadamia oil because it's quite lightweight. It's sort of like a medium lightish weighted oil and it is used in a lot of beauty products, um, but I really like it on its own. 
And I was really struggling to find a good quality single ingredient macadamia oil. And you'd go into a shop and there'd be like macadamia oil and then you flip it around. It's actually domethicone with a little bit of macadamia oil. So it's just like mostly silicone. And then I started just like buying it in bulk here and using it myself. And once I launched bread, I realized that we should be creating these products as part of your kind of like oil care repertoire and finding the best oils for your hair and giving you those as a selection as like single ingredient oils. And so macadamia obviously is native to Australia and it has the highest amount of palmitoleic acid compared to any other oil. And so palmitoleic acid is something that you find in palm oil and is part of the reason that palm oil is used a lot in beauty products because it helps to soften. But macadamia actually has a higher concentration of that than palm oil. So it's a much more sustainable option and it's great to use as like a pre-wash treatment. It's great to use on the ends of your hair because it's like really lightweight, but it's still going to give you a lot of nourishing and it's safe to use on the body too. So you can use it on your hair and your body. It's super multi-purpose and multi-use and it's doing really well. Like people are loving it. And it's completely fragrance free. We wanted to offer that as part of the range because all of our products have fragrances in them and some people love them. Some people prefer non-fragrance. So this was like our first opportunity to give people that option to buy into the brand with a non-fragrance product. But it does have just like a slight hint of macadamia, which is completely natural just natural, from the yes. cold pressing of the nuts. Yeah. Talk to me about your shampoo and conditioner. So the hair wash is our... Oh, sorry, I say I said shampoo and you call it hair wash. <laughs> we do. So much chicer. I like hair wash <laughs> so much more. Tell me about your hair wash. Yes. We try to steer away from shampoo because I think that now what we see in the space is like people are cottoning onto the fact that a lot of shampoos can be really stripping and the surfactant ingredient that is in them can be really drying. And so we call it a hair wash. It's a hair and scalp wash and it is our most awarded product. And I'm obsessed with the formula, obsessed with the texture, like everything about it is perfect. And the reason I created it was because when I first transitioned and I was going through this process of like figuring out this wash routine and what I needed to use, the first thing that came up was like, oh, you should be co-washing. You have 4C hair, you should co-wash. It's much more gentle than using a shampoo. And I hated it. I hated co-washing. It was like using a conditioner as a shampoo and it just wasn't for me. (laughs) I just never felt like my hair was clean enough. And then when I'd go back to using a regular shampoo, even if it said it was moisturizing, I was getting just like knots and I'd have to spend an extra hour trying to detangle my hair. And so hair wash for me was really about finding the perfect medium in between those two things. So still getting that really nice like conditioning, softening action of a co-wash, but also getting some of that foaming action and the actual clean of a shampoo. So it's like a hybrid between a co-wash and a shampoo. And the texture is kind of milky and very much inspired by like sensitive skin cleansers that you find in the skin category. Wanted to kind of like bring that to hair. And it's almost like, yeah, milky, but also kind of like liquid marshmallowy. It's a little bit thicker than milk. And the fragrance is like a bowl of Fruit Loop cereal milk because of that. We really wanted to kind of align the texture to the fragrance and people love it. And the surfactant that we use in it is one that you would actually typically find in a face wash. And so it's super gentle, but it still gives you that really nice clean. And I think we have maybe like 10 beauty awards for that now. Wow. Um, congratulations. Which I love. <laughs> And some some men's grooming awards as well. So the oh. guys are loving it too. <laughs> I love that. Well, I'm going to ask an ignorant question. I don't know anything about chemistry of hair products, but is it sulfate free? And I'm only asking because 
all of the shampoos that I use, they say we're sulfate free. I don't know what sulfates do, but I feel like they're not good or are they bad? It is sulfate free. Yeah. I mean, it depends on your hair. Like they can be drying. And so that's why typically for curly and textured hair, like you want to remove them. It is one of the things that can cause that drying effect and that really like almost like waxiness that you feel when you use a traditional shampoo. And what's um, SLS? SLS is, it's pretty much a surfactant and it is one of the more harsh ones. I'm sorry, what's what's a surfactant? (laughs) So a surfactant is essentially a cleansing ingredient. Okay. In the simplest terms. Yeah. And SLS or SLES, I believe, is they're generally the ones that you would find in like supermarket shampoos and can be responsible for that like drying and like stripping effect as well that you find in the cheaper shampoos because it's a cheaper ingredient. It's a cheaper um, surfactant. Yeah. It's so funny. Whenever I travel, my husband's Turkish, so he has totally different hair than me. But whenever we travel, I always travel with my own shampoo and conditioner. He uses the hotel shampoo and conditioner. (laughs) And I'm like, if I put the hotel shampoo on my hair, my whole trip would be ruined. Ruined. (laughs) Just in one one evening. (laughs) Tell me about the, what do you call your conditioner? Since the shampoo is hair wash, what's the conditioner called? Yeah. So this is our hair mask and it's really designed to give you, I mean, I think in, in hair, people call things conditioners, they call them hair masks, hair treatments. And at the end of the day, they're all kind of the same. It kind of just right. depends on like <laughs> how you use it. And so the hair mask is really like a hair as you would use a traditional hair mask, like once a week or once a month or a conditioner as you would use for every wash day. And obviously for curly and textured hair, generally you're washing your hair less. And so you can use this every time you wash your hair. It's really conditioning without having silicones in it. I really struggled to find a good kind of deep conditioner, mask, wet conditioner um, that didn't have silicones in it. And that's something that I wanted to take out of my routine without being really, really heavy. So I think what I found as well in this space and with curly hair and textured hair is like there's really, really heavy butters and heavy oils and they're not necessary. Like you can still achieve a great amount of slip and a really great formula without using those heavy ingredients and weighing the hair down. So this is really that. It's a great conditioner and a great mask without that super heavy, heavy butter base without silicones and it's infused with Australian kakadu plum. It's Australian what? (laughs) Australian kakadu plum, sometimes known as bush plum. Okay. I've never heard of this either. It's actually used quite a lot in skincare because it has a super high concentration of vitamin C. So it has, I mean, generally the way people talk about it is that it has 50 times more vitamin C than an orange. And so people use it a lot in like skincare serums and things like that. Um, But it's also a really great lightweight oil. And so we use the oil as an infusion in our base and it's great for hair as well. People don't really use it a lot for hair. And I think the difficulty in hair is that because it is kind of like lacking behind the other categories in terms of development, there isn't a lot of research around particular ingredients. And obviously those things are expensive to do, right? To do research on ingredients for a specific thing. And so you can find a lot of data in in skin, but you can't find as much data in hair, which is something that, you know, is a kind of catch 22. Like you can use these ingredients and you have to like study the chemistry of them to figure out like, yes, I think this will work for hair, but then you have to be a really, really large brand or company to be able to do the research to really, really prove that. 
And so for me, Kakadu Plum was something that I used personally, that a lot of my peers and friends used personally on their hair that worked really amazingly well. And so I wanted to incorporate it into the formulas. I love that. These products all sound so amazing. I literally like cannot wait for my next wash day to try all of this stuff. (laughs) I'm excited. So what tips do you have? I mean, you've been so immersed in this for so long. What tips do you have for having like your absolute best hair day? Like what can we do in our wash day routine or even like in the styling of our hair to like have a great hair day for all for all the textured haired women listening? Yeah, I think it depends what a great hair day is too. <laughs> but for you, for maybe, me, maybe for you, what, what do you do to have an amazing hair day? So for me, my favorite thing to do, I know that our wash day is three steps. I just use two. So if I, and because it's been locked down, like, you know, I haven't needed to wash my hair as much as I normally would. And so my favorite, favorite wash days are when I just use hair wash, nothing else, and then hair oil on my wet hair and then let it dry. Wait, no mask no, conditioner after? <laughs> no, nothing. This is no. <laughs> wild to me. I like can't right? imagine. And I have 4C hair, which probably sounds wild to a lot of people to not be in the shower, like detangling your hair with conditioner. But if you don't have a lot of buildup and you know it hasn't been two weeks since your last wash day, you can. You can just use hair wash and then apply a little bit of hair oil. Use a good detangling brush before you shower. I know people are afraid of that. People are afraid to detangle their hair unless it's wet. Yeah. But the science says that it's actually safer when your hair is wet. It's, it's actually weaker. prone to damage. It's weaker. Yeah. So, I mean, applying conditioner can help with that because it lubricates the strands. And so it's going to give you a little bit more cushioning, but it's actually safer to brush it dry. And so I detangle a little bit before I shower, get in the shower, use my hair wash, (laughs) use my fingers to comb through, rinse it out, and then apply the hair oil. And the first time I did that, the next day I was like, how is my hair this soft? What is happening? (laughs) That is like the the magic of one, I think hair wash, but also the, the oil, which is our top seller now, the hair oil. That's amazing. I feel like you're so much like redefining like hair routines for so many women by making it this simple and easy. And I love to hear that you get such great results. Well, I have to ask you outside of hair, (laughs) what are like your top three favorite beauty products? It could be fragrance. It could be makeup. It could be skincare. Like what do you love? Brooke, why does it have to be three? Because I have too many. I saw this question. Let's just start and I'll stop you at any point. Just tell me what you're using lately. Great. Well, I did end up whittling it down to three, but um, topicals I love. And I know that everyone like raves about faded, which is great. But my favorite is actually like butter. I have really dry skin. And so I love using this as like an overnight mask. It's amazing. And then sometimes I'll do it as like a leave-on cream as well, just like a thin layer and mix it with like a face oil. That works really, really well for me. And I'm completely obsessed. Ami Kole by Jada. Mine hasn't arrived yet, so I can't say it, but I know I'm going to be obsessed with it. You're going to love it. You know what I love the most? I'm actually, I'm interviewing her on Sunday, but do you know what I love the absolute most? The lip oil. It's not the star of the show right now. It's all about the skin tint. But the lip oil is like phenomenal. I mean, I've been seeing it and thinking that looks amazing and I'm excited to try it. And it might actually work really well with my other pick, which is this MAC lipstick. 
And I was obsessed with MAC lipsticks growing up, like I'm sure a lot of people were, (laughs) but I recently got back into them. I think it was last year or during lockdown at some point. And they had a promotion running um, where you could buy something, you'd get a free lipstick. So I didn't even pick the color. It just like came with the order. Wow. Serendipity. I'm obsessed with it. It's called N49 Marrakesh. Hopefully they still make it, but um, this is like my absolute favorite lip color now. Oh my gosh. Like it's, it's the best and it works really well with my skin tone and yeah, it's amazing. And I actually feel like this is kind of a similar shade to the Amicole lip oil. Yeah, sweet. Can I see a little bit of it on you? <laughs> I'm like so curious. Oh, wow. This is pretty. It's like not quite a red. It's like almost like a brick red. Yeah. It's like a terracotta. Gorgeous. Oh, I love that. I love it. It looks, so it looks great on Zoom. I love using it on Zoom because I'm like, it, looks it, look, really it doesn't good. look like you're trying too hard. I feel like if it was like a, a red, it's too much, <laughs> but just a little bit of color. It looks so good. Okay. I love that. So the lipstick, the like butter from Topicals, anything else? Would I be a brown founder if I didn't say one of my own products? No. Yes. So I'm going to say <laughs> the hair oil. I love it. I spoke about it before and applying it to my wet hair after wash day. Um, but also just as a leave-in, um, the smell of it is kind of, people describe it differently. Some people say it smells like gummy bears. I say it kind of smells like a berry, like ice cream sundae almost, but just like faintly, like the, the fragrance doesn't linger, but it's just my favorite. I always have it like on my desk and I'm like using it throughout the day, just like adding little bits. It's also silicone free and I love it. We actually just won the Cosmo Best Hair Oil for 2021, which is oh, exciting. Congratulations. That's great. Thank you. There are so many hair oils on the market. So that's, that's a huge, huge win for you guys. And I mean, being a founder is really hard. It's a lot of work. How do you find balance in your life? How do you find time for self-care? I feel like now is different than what it would have been had the pandemic not happened. And I feel like the, the most that I can really do these days, especially living in Australia where we're practically COVID free, except for when we have an outbreak. So we're currently in an outbreak. We had, it, it always escapes from hotel quarantine. So people who come in internationally have to stay in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's generally how the outbreaks happened. We haven't had one that's just kind of, maybe we have, I don't know, but that's how this one happened. And we've got maybe 50 cases now and the state is shut down. So for 50 the, the cases, of, yeah, we shut down for three. Let's <laughs> take it very seriously, but that's also why you became COVID free faster than literally anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. It started at three and I was like, shut it down. And that generally happens every couple of months, but this one has been the most severe. So we're back in like the lockdown we were in last year, which was the most strict in the world. Like you can't go to work. Nothing is open. You're at home. You can go five kilometers away from your house. And now the best kind of self-care that I have in, in terms of like doing things. And I think just getting away from the computer is taking the dog to the park, <laughs> which is very basic but I love it. I love it so much. And just seeing like all the dogs run around together is honestly my, my favorite form of self-care. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. And being in Australia, like at the start of this, I was saying like, it's summer for us, it's June, but it's like winter for you guys. The seasons are totally switched. Is it weird? Like when you're on social media and like, you're seeing people like at the beach and bikinis and it's like summertime and like over there, it's like winter or you're just so used to it by now. Yeah. And it's compounded now by being in lockdown and lockdown, seeing everyone yeah. living their best hot girl summer. But um, 
I typically up until now have always been in the US US. during summer. (laughs) So I haven't had to endure the Melbourne winter, which is very rainy and very cold. I've always been over there just in the process over the years of like creating bread and, you know, making connections and, and doing that travel yeah, that was my my favorite time of year was just being in the US during, you know, July and August. And now I've, this is our second winter in Melbourne um, because we had the lockdown last year and again this year. So it is what it is. <laughs> You're used to it. I'm, yeah, yeah, I am. I am now. And what do you want more people to understand about the textured hair space? Like what, what changes do you want to see in this space? And I know you're a big part of making these changes, but what do you want to see more brands do and embrace? I feel like we should be moving towards this place. And, and to your point, I hope this is what, you know, bread is able to achieve over time is moving to this place where we're not talking about textured hair in such like siloed ways where it's like you're either natural or you have protective styles or you do this and like you have to fit into a bucket. I feel like that's just not how we live and that's just not how we do our hair and it's just we we don't need to demonize particular things. And I would love for us to get to a place where it's like, okay, cool, we make hair products, but also maybe we also make weaves. Maybe we also make wigs because that's how people are shopping and that's how they're buying. Like in 10 years' time, like maybe we are, you know, the one destination you can go to that is like a contemporary beauty supply where you can get amazing wigs and weaves, but also natural hair products and whatever it is that you're doing with your hair. Because to your point throughout the year, we're changing. Like we wear it out naturally. Sometimes I want to blow it out and use a hair straightener. And sometimes I want to have a weave and sometimes I want to have braids and like, we're not just one thing all the time. And it's very typical of black women to always be changing our hair. So why aren't brands speaking to us in that way? And why aren't brands positioning their product assortment in that way? So that's where I'd like us to get to. I love that. And bread would be a phenomenal name for a beauty supply store. Bread, beauty supply. Like I see it. I see it. <laughs> and the design inside would be like sickening. Like I just... <laughs> Um, and, and what gap do you feel like bread is filling in the market right now? Like we're obviously inspired to create this brand and and these products. Like what, what did you feel was missing that you wanted to provide? I felt like there was very much these kind of two divides. On the one hand, you had these multinational corporations that had all the resources in the world, either acquiring or creating brands for this customer. And then on the other hand, you had people making products on their kitchen counter and there really wasn't anything in between. It was like one or the other and there was nothing in the middle where it was like a brand that could exist in contemporary spaces and be in mainstream spaces like a Sephora where you buy your other beauty products and you should have an option in hair. And that was a brand that felt like it belonged in 2020, right? Yes. And that had products that spoke to the routines of today and spoke to the hairstyles of today and what's actually aspirational for us as people with curly hair. And it's not that perfect, like Photoshop, like completely coiled, like glossy curl. It's really like everyday hair care, everyday minimal in the same way that skincare and makeup is, right? It's like essentials and minimal. It's like, let's have that for hair because 
black women have never been part of that conversation. We've never been part of that lazy girl hair conversation. It's not never. part of like the, <laughs> the rhetoric. It doesn't like, exist like, for us. I mean, it really doesn't. Like there's no shortcuts for black hair. Like even if you shave off your head, you have to get your head shaved all the time. Like there's no, yeah. <laughs> there's really no shortcut. Yeah. Um, and then there's that emotional piece to it as well. Yes. And that attachment. Yes. And as a biracial founder, half black founder, how do you feel like your experience has been different than say like a white founder? I think for the most part, it's been about convincing people, right? Convincing gatekeepers that we're spending money on hair care products and we're spending money on beauty because the the understanding now is still that black women only want to buy a $5 shampoo or a $5 conditioner. And the thing is that that exists for every consumer, right? You have the shoppers who are still going to buy their shampoo and a conditioner at a mass price point. And then you have people who want to step up and actually, you know, buy a salon brand or buy a Sephora brand and black people exist in there. So <laughs> I think the hardest part has just been convincing people that this customer exists and that she wants to buy premium hair care products because it, typically the market has shifted towards mass, but we're out here. <laughs> yes. And and were you mostly trying to convince white men to understand it or like people that don't look like us to understand and believe in the product? Not necessarily. I think just across the board and having that conviction that we will spend up and we will trade up to a better hair care product for the price. And I think that that just exists across the board. I actually didn't have that hard of a time convincing retailers. They knew, they knew, and especially like with Sephora, who I was in touch with really, really early on, like they knew that this customer was spending, that they wanted to serve this customer better. It was more so, I would say like investors and, you know, just general conversations that I would have around whether this is actually a a market opportunity, which it definitely is. We just got to get in there early. (laughs) Yes, yes. I absolutely love that. Well, this is my final question for you. It's been such a pleasure talking to you and hearing more about your journey and your amazing brand. And you're just like so lovely to talk to you. So I'm just like so happy that we connected. And thank you for also taking a Saturday morning to chat with me. Oh my gosh, anytime. (laughs) So when do you feel most beautiful? I feel most beautiful when I am honestly just like in really like comfortable clothing. And when I say comfortable, I don't necessarily mean like slacks and, you know, like workout gear or like pajamas. I mean, like for me, I love fashion. And so when I feel like really good in what I'm wearing in my outfit, that really kind of just makes me feel amazing. And that includes hair. Like I see hair as an extension of my outfit. And whenever I visualize what I'm going to wear the next day, it's all like, I see the hair too. I'm like, what does the whole shape look like of the whole, the whole being, you know? I love that. Um, And yeah, when I get that like spot on, I see it in my mind and then I do it. That's when I, I really feel most beautiful. And I mean, I didn't even mention makeup in that because I don't like, it doesn't necessarily like form a part of that. I think like I love wearing makeup and I love doing my face up, but I also love wearing no makeup and just having a really like glowy sunscreen skin with an amazing outfit. I love that. Go-to sunscreen. What's your favorite? Ooh, I love ultraviolet, which you cannot get in America. Oh. 
<laughs> I was like, whoa, I don't know that one. Okay. But that's your go-to. We have, we have a lot of Australian listeners actually, interestingly oh, enough. Wow. Well, they'll know it then. It's a real, it's an amazing brand. You actually probably can get it in a roundabout way. It's just that as you're probably familiar, I know you interviewed Charlotte, um, some of the ingredients that are in those more new age sunscreens aren't approved yet in the US. Yeah. So they're one of those, um, but they're amazing. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for that tip. And again, thank you so much for your time and chatting with you. And I will link to where people can follow you and of course, where they can get bread in, in, in the show notes. Thank you so much. Amazing. Thank you, Brooke. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. All right. I hope you guys loved hearing the story of bread. I hope you learned about hair care. I hope you learned about, you know, what goes into really making a line, how the product's going to look on the shelves. I loved all of the marketing insight that was also in this conversation. And I have also had a chance to try the products. The oil, the macadamia nut oil is incredible. I have been using it on my body every single day of this trip. The conditioner that she talks about, it does smell amazing. The shampoo that she talks about, the hair wash, it doesn't make your hair dry at all. I really stand behind these products. They're really, really amazing. So I hope you guys go out and try them as well. But it was really, really a pleasure just to like have this conversation, to connect, to learn. And yeah, just hear from young women that are just out there making their dreams come true, making products for people that look like them and just seeing a white space in the market, seeing an opportunity that's not met and filling it. I think that's beautiful. I will be back next week with a new episode. In the meantime, follow Naked Beauty Planet. And if you want to see stuff from my vacation and you want to see how Turkey's been, check me out on my personal page at Brooke DeVard. Okay, thanks so much for listening and I'll be back next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.